TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, the pod guy covers the Memphis basketball program for the Daily Memphian. He's an honoree. He's an award honoree, uh, along with colleague Drew Hill. He joins us now. Parth, what's up, brother? Where are we in the world? 30 minutes out from Greenville. So I'm going to check into my hotel and... uh Grab a bite to eat before heading over. Appreciate the shout out, by the way. Yeah, Dude, man. congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you always having uh, me and uh, you know promoting my work and all that. What uh, what stories? How many did you you submit four, or is that a different category? Yeah. So for the beat writing, I had to submit five. Um, with one of those being like a multimedia. So it was one of our podcasts that I submitted for the fifth piece, and uh, the rest were like you know various categories had to include a feature and a breaking news story and a game story that kind of thing so gotcha, a variety gotcha, of gotcha. things there and then uh, the long feature was the Kendrick Davis story I'd written yes uh, last fantastic. March fantastic yep. Yep. yep yeah that was a great one I remember that one for sure all right uh, this is a uh, this is a big game just because Memphis can't afford to lose it to have any hopes of clinging with a fingernail to an at-large uh, berth uh, for being around this team and obviously I know you were there. You know, on uh, Monday night when Penny had his radio show, does it feel to you that this is a genuine? Oh man, like they've 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 found something in terms of being together and unified and all that. Does it feel genuine to you? Is it just a result of oh we beat FAU, so now we feel good? Like how do you sort of diagnose where this team is psychologically? Man, they've pumped fake this uh, so many times that it's it's hard to kind of fully buy in, right? Hard to fully believe. But, man, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid again. But it felt real. Like, the guys were out there. You know, I spoke to uh, a couple of assistant coaches who were there. I spoke to the, the SID, Kirk Downs. And that wasn't something where Penny asked them to be there. You know, that wasn't something where even the SID said, hey, you know, you guys have to be there uh, Monday night. It wasn't an NIL appearance. It wasn't anything like that. Like, they chose to be there for Penny. Um, and it wasn't the entire team, but it was a good amount. It was like seven or eight guys that were there. Um they hung around afterward, you know, interacted with the fans, took pictures, signed autographs, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, combination of that plus Penny's comments about the togetherness of the team and, you know, upon self-reflection, just singing a different tune when it came to the criticism he had faced. He said it was all warranted, which I, I've never heard Penny say anything like that, <laughs> you know, this season or even last. So, I don't know, man. The vibes seem high, but maybe that is a product of uh, getting a couple wins, like you said. Um, how about Naquan Tomlin, Parth, in the sense that we see it? I mean, it, where he's past the point of being comfortable now, and it feels like you're at a point where you're feeding him as a first or a second option right there with, with David Jones. H- how much more is there? And uh, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it feels like, and I know Caleb was a lot of, I mean, Penny's talked about it, not just you know a sacrifice guy, but in those huddles. He was a lot of the times the, guys, the guy talking. It feels like maybe Tomlin with that energy like we saw against FAU could, could provide that as well as the, as the production. Just what, what do you see right now with how comfortable Naquan Tomlin is? Yeah, absolutely. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, aside from the production that's, you know, of course, increased these past two games, especially in that FAU game, 
I think it's the, the way he plays the game, you know, with emotion, with passion. Like, he's yelling. He's running up and down the floor screaming. Um, you know, as good as Javon Quinterly and David Jones are, none of them, neither of them really operate like that. That's right. If you get what I'm saying? Yep. Like, they're not really overly emotional. Um, they're not super vocal um, as leaders. Like, Quinterly's more of a, uh, I guess, cerebral is probably the word there. And uh, David Jones is kind of like, hey, I want guys to follow me. But, you know. You're right. Again, he's not going to be super vocal either. So I think that fieriness, that's, you know, that's contagious. Um, that's DeAndre Williams-esque. That's what was missing. And if Naquan Tomlin can, you know, obviously sustain that along with this level of play that we've seen uh, over the past 10 days or so, that could be, that could unlock a different dimension to this Tigers team. Uh, as a uh, as a North Carolina alum, you are certainly no stranger to academic misconduct and scandals. Uh, so, in fact, as a, we, we're, we're, we need to look at your transcript uh, and make sure that you did the things that you needed to do to get that degree. Um, is, if if you can't share it, don't don't uh, no worries. But is there anything new uh, that you've heard that might be coming next? Like, just where does everything stand with Malcolm and and, and the university investigation right now? Yeah, you know, as far as I've heard, kind of same old, same old, um, or I should say as far as I can report. You know, you hear a variety of things from different people, and, uh, you know, obviously at John and Jason, as you know, some stuff you got to kind of sit on and, and wait until you can get it, you know, confirmed by a source closer to the situation or what have you. But um, what I can say publicly is kind of the same things that we, you know, we all knew Friday night, Saturday morning, which was the fact that, you know, the university is withholding Malcolm Dandridge still, that has not changed you know, from the time um, the news first broke and that they're looking, you know, according to the university, they're looking into a situation regarding his eligibility. Uh, I, like other outlets in Memphis, you know, had gotten it confirmed that, uh, you know, the situation does involve his academics, you know, situation with academic misconduct on his part. Um, whether that, you know, paper trail or a line of evidence or whatever you want to call it in that investigation, whether that stops with Malcolm or if it extends out, I think that's going to, you know, of course, be the difference in terms of how this impacts this team, not only this year, but, you know, the program moving forward. That's why it surprised me, Parth, I'm, I, and we've asked a little bit. I've asked a couple of people this, uh, John included, but it surprised me that he was there Sunday, you know, almost to the point where even with everything we'd heard, right, and, and I'm sure I hadn't heard as much as you have, but it was uh, – Malcolm's there, really, in the midst of all this, and and for what it could become, possibly, right, Parth? Not just for this year, but maybe you know, in the future, it might affect you if it runs deeper, you know, than 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 it looks or on the surface. Yep. Um, were you surprised that he was there or no? Yeah, definitely surprised. Okay. I walked in like two hours prior to tip off on Sunday, and there he was. He was getting shots up. He Weird. Like he was about to play in the game. Very, very strange. Obviously, he wasn't, you know chatting with any reporters or anything like that but you know he was out there as if he was about to play in the game it's almost like and i think i heard y'all say it on the radio the other day but it's almost like he was just injured you know like he was just um nursing an injury um that's kind of the vibe that you got obviously that's not the case but you know you just figured with something you're trying to take precaution but something that you know the university is suggesting is a big enough deal to where they're investigating to where they're holding him back uh you know why even why even have him on the bench? You know, that could be a good sign, right? It could be a sign where they're saying, hey, it's not going to be a big deal at all. Um, you know, this will pass in a couple of weeks, a couple of games, whatever. Um, or it could be, um, you know, in hindsight, a, a bad move. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, yes, I, I agree. That was a little bit strange. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I wonder how much of because I, I I noticed that and you know whether it's sustainable or not or or whatever the case may be like, and and I've seen this over the years when coaches have less choices, especially here, it tends to go better. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why that is, but like that like there was no really. Doubt. Penny had no options other than to stick with his starters for the most part, and I I don't think it was an accident that you got. Now it's like to me, part is like how much do you how, how do you separate it? Do you separate it as oh that was an easy game to get up for with FAU and you know that was always going to be what it was? They were underdogs, uh, or do you think that maybe with the dangerous news and everything that's going on that okay now when the rubber's meeting the road this really is going to be five guys and, and Jaden for the most part? I think it's both, and I think. The second part of what you said, I think it has to be, right? Like, you already, you're already down Caleb Mills. He's been out, obviously, since January. Now you're down Malcolm Dandridge. Like, you're running out of options. You know, a team that we said was so deep and so talented, uh, you know, back in November when this thing started has taken hit after hit, uh, so to speak. And now Penny's like, you know, he's kind of forced to, you know, rely on his, his dogs, as he said before, those five guys that we mentioned and, you know, Jaden, a little bit of Jaden, a little bit of Jonathan Pierre here and there, but uh, I think when this team's been at its best, we've seen that. Like, not necessarily those names, but we've seen that number, right? Like yep. that seven, six, seven number playing heavy, heavy minutes. We saw it against Clemson. Uh, you know, we saw it against Texas A&M and, and other times as well. So, when they've had their most, their highest levels of success, it's been it, it's been a tight rotation versus, you know, the whole roster playing. Parth, just from your view, how, how tough is it going to be to climb into that top four? Because you need the help, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, obviously, UAB lost last night to Wichita State, which which helped there. Um, but they're going to need a lot more help. The Tigers are. Uh, they're in sixth place right now at nine and six. So you're a game behind SMU, a game behind UAB, which are both ten and five. Um, you know, of course, this is common sense, but you got to win these next three. If you lose one, we're not even having any discussion. No doubt of top four of and definitely not of an at-large possibility. Um, so you got to win these next three, and you got to hope that UAB and SMU stumble a little bit more down the stretch, which is a lot to ask. So it's not something that I'm necessarily banking on yep. or, you know, really envisioning happening. Um, but it's something that is definitely still mathematically possible, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and again, I mean, it's never going to be a situation where you're walking into that, that conference tournament, oh, we can't do this, we have to go through. And it's the point I made today, it's like, and I think that is a difference. There's no Houston that you have to p- plow through if it does yeah. come down to that, right? Like, FAU is just – they're beatable. We've, it's already happened. So, you know, the idea that it's – it's the only team I really don't want to see, and you've beaten SMU. them. Exactly. That's – that's yeah. and, and uh, AAC champion, I'm just hoping that they're on separate, separate sides of the bracket. You know what I mean? Like, and let them fight. I, I would rather play FAU a third time than SMU a third time. You know what I mean? No, a thousand percent. SMU is just so tough, man. Like they, they're they're physical. They crash the glass. They, uh, man, you know, they play that style of defense that, that's bothered Memphis uh, even in the game they won. So I think it's just a bad matchup. It's not it's not a case where SMU's talent, you know, is is overwhelming or is greater than Memphis's, but it's just a, a matchup that hasn't, you know, hasn't really worked in the, the Tigers' favor. So I think definitely you want to avoid. Them the most things if you can. But aside from them, like John, you said it, I think everybody else is beatable as long as we see the version of Memphis that we've seen um, over the past, what, nine or ten days. Yeah. Hey, Parth, appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for doing this, brother. Congrats on the honors, man. We'll be uh, following along tonight, bro. Appreciate it. 
course. Thanks for the time. Appreciate y'all. Yep, sir. He is Parthi Padjai from the Daily Memphian, covers the Memphis basketball program. Second year for him, right? Uh, is this his second year? Is it his third year? Should I ask him when he was on? I thought you'd know. You I mean, work I, with him. You're his colleague. I know, but I, I can't. I think it's a year I, two. I think it's, it wasn't last year his first year. I, I think so. Yeah. I, I say I asked you that whether it's year two or year three. It's a, it's the it's still probably the same point. What what he's done is very impressive because you come into a town where again you you got Jason Munns who's done it for a while now and he is immersed and he's got those relationships and everything else and so to come in right and in in year two I think it is you know get top ten APSC and be right mm-hmm. that, that's hard to do in a place where yeah it's, you know, it's second year folks yes. have already you know I was going to tell him that to, to, right there on the phone with him but but um but the point. I, that's hard. It you know, even when it's just one, when there's no competition, or I guess there's always been competition inside. You'd have whether it was Roar and then two four seven whatever else, but to have two beat riders in town, yeah, uh, just second year, you come in and you you get your roots so firmly planted to the ground that you're top ten and beat. That's impressive because it's hard to do. I can Very say hard. it because I've been in those shoes. It took me years before I was comfortable before I even felt like I was fully plugged in. Yep, it took a while, and at the, I, we didn't have the Daily Memphian at that time. You know, it's me and it's, I guess it's Brooks over at Roar, maybe a couple more, Grant. But what he's done is tough, man. So I, I, I salute him, you know, to, to do it as quickly as he has to get entrenched like he has. Yeah, because there's an, there's an institutional it, knowledge that is expected. You, you got Munn's already here. He's been here year after year after year, already got the respect, everything else, the mm-hmm. cachet. He's got the relationships to get the news. And, that's, you know, he's, yeah. he's got a big head start on you.